Hey, Chavir, what's going on? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf, uh, which Daf are we studying again? Daf Chav. Daf 20 of Masech the Shabbos. No, of Masech the Erevin. Oops, should I start again? Yeah, I'll start again. Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chav of Masech the Erevin. Daf 20. Now, Chavir, Daf Chav is a very Erevin-y kind of page. We're going to bring back the diagrams and um, bring back your thinking caps, and uh, we'll do Daf 20. Um, so Daf Chav talks about chatzers that open up into Pase Beros. It's the final two of the questions that Abaye asked his Rebbe Rabbah. So the uh, first one that we're going to get to is chatzers that open up into Pase Beros. It's a very exciting sugya. <laughs> And we're going to talk about uh, a watering hole that dries up, what becomes of the walls. And then we talk about Pase Beiraos, that Rosh Harabim passes through them, what do you do? And then we get to the sugya of Rosh Ovarubo by these cows, right? We said that the Pase Beiraos has to be large enough that the head and most of the body of a cow can get in from the side to where you're going to give the water. So we're going to get to some very, very complicated questions about that. Friends, let's get started. Uh, we are on Daf Chaf Amud Aleph on the very top line. Ba'a mine Abai me Raba. Abai asked his Rebbe Raba. And this kind of touches on the question that Hillel asked in WhatsApp the other day. So if we look at um, on uh, 20A1 at the top diagram, so you can see what we're talking about. So you have a chatzar there. There's two houses that open up to the chatzar, and then the chatzar goes out to Rosh Hashanah. There's no mavui over here. It's just one chatzar that's open to Rosh Hashanah. Okay, fine. And it goes immediately into the Pase Beros area. So can you carry between the Pase Beros, which is a Rosh Hashanah, and the chatzar, which is a Rosh Hashanah? Okay. Um, so, Amalei Mutter, and, and, and Rabbi said it's Mutter, it's no problem. And, and again, so, so this is kind of gets back to Hillel's question from the other day, which um, like Hillel, our friend, not Hillel and Shammai. So Hillel asked, when you take the water out from the well into the Pase Beros area that's, surround, that's around it, aren't you taking it from one Rosh Hashayachid to another Rosh Hashayachid? The answer is, well, yes, you are, but that's not a problem. Because the only problem when it comes to taking from one Rosh Hashayachid to another Rosh Hashayachid is when the first Rosh Hashayachid is owned by Reuven and the second one is owned by Shimon. Right? From Rosh Hashayachid to one person to Rosh Hashayachid to uh, belonging to another person. However, um, in the case of Pase Beros, when you are extracting water from the well and bringing it out to the area, to the Rosh around the well, well, it's not owned by two different people. It's all kind of just publicly available. Um, and in this case as well. So um, you have this Chatzar, assuming that the people who are in the Chatzar did a Eruve Chatzaris, whatever it is, meaning the assumption is that the Chatzar is owned by one party. Okay. And the um, Pase Beiros aren't exactly owned by another party. They're just kind of like, available in the Rosh Harabim, and you make this Pasibiros area. So because of that, it's no problem to carry from the Chatzar directly into this Pasibiros and vice versa. Okay? So, um, back in the Gemara, let's start again from the beginning. So Abai asked from his Rebbe Rabbah, A Chatzar that its entrance opens up directly into the Pase Beros, what is the Lacha vis-a-vis carrying from the Chatzar to the Pase Beros, and from the Pase Beros into this Chatzar? Amr and Rabbi said, no problem. Fine. Now, what if there are two Chatzars that open up into this Pase Beiros. Chever, look at the diagram. So we're talking about on 20A1 on the bottom diagram. You could see you have this Pase Beiros and opening up into the Pase Beiros are basically two Chatzers. Okay? 
Now, what's important to note is that you'll see that there is actually an entrance, a Pesach. Someone's blowing shofar. There are, there are, uh, there's actually a Pesach between these two Chatzers. So you can actually, right, so each Chatzer individually is a Rishus Ayachid, okay? And it's a Rishus Ayachid that has a Pesach between them. So while you would be unable to carry from one Chatzer to the other Chatzer, you would be able to carry in each Chatzer individually. And there is a possibility in this case to be able to do an Eruve Chatzeros to be able to now carry from one Chatzer to the other. And this is all going to kind of play a, a role here um, in this context, in this situation. Okay, so we basically right now, we have two Chatzeros that open up into a Pase Beros area. Okay, so now, the assumption here is that you would be unable you know, it, 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 certainly if you did not do it, if there was no Eruve Chatzeros between these two Chatzers, okay, and they were there, and therefore they're just two separate Rishus Ayachids, the assumption is that you would be unable to carry in the Pasiberos area, because since the Pasiberos is an area that's really used on a uh, fairly uh, frequent basis, by both of these chatzeros, it's considered a place that's shared between them, and therefore you'd be unable to carry in the pase beros. The question is going to be, what happens if they make an eruv? And then it's really just considered like one rishusayachid, one chatzer really, that opens up into the pase beros, and we said that one chatzer opening into the pase beros is okay. So what if they do an eruv chatzeris? Does that make a difference? So this is kind of like the direction that things are going. So let's read it inside. So what happens in this situation? We have two chatzers that now open into this pase beros. So Amalei Osir. So Rabbah says it's no longer acceptable. You cannot carry from the chatzers into the pase beros anymore. Amarufuna and Arufuna explains that these two chatzers you may not carry from them into the pase beros even. If they made a Eruve Chatzeris, even if they all merge together so that it's considered as though both Chatzeris are jointly owned by everybody in the Chatzeris, and it's just one Rishus Ayachid, still you would be unable to carry into the Pase Beiraos. How come? Because we're concerned that maybe people will not realize that there's actually a Pesach in the wall in between the two. Chatzers, and on account of that, Pesach is why they're allowed to make an Eruve Chatzeris together, you know, merging all together, and now that's why they're able to carry in the Pasa Beros. People won't realize that. And Yomru, they're going to say, Eruv Mo'il Levena Pasen, that you're able to make an Eruv by way of the Pasa Beros. Chavetz, it's a little complex, but uh, stick with me for a minute. We know, of course, that in the context of a mavui, when you have a chotzer on one side of the mavui and a chotzer on the other side of a mavui, and you have the mavui that's kind of a shared space in between, you're allowed to do a shitufe muvoos, and that enables everybody to be able to carry in the mavui. Now, people might think that it's a similar situation over here. They'll see that there are two chotzeres. Well, they'll also see that the people are carrying in the Paseberos, carrying in the Chatzers. They'll say, oh, just like you could do a Shetufe Mivaos when you have uh, Chatzers on either side of a Mavoy, you can also do a, 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 sor, a subshell, a, kilo, a kind of Shetufe Mivaos also when it comes to Paseberos, right? That clearly what happened over here is that you have these two Chatzers, they open up into a Paseberos, and I guess by way of this shared Paseberos area, they can do some kind of a Shetuf and enable carrying between the Chatzers and the Paseberos. But the fact of the matter is that that is not the case. The fact of the matter is that the reason why they're able to carry here is because there's a Pesach in the wall in between these two Chatzers. And by way of that Pesach, that is what enables them to do an Eruve Chatzeris. And once they've, they made an Eruve, once they've made an Eruve Chatzeris, that is why they can carry in the Pase Beros, just like you can carry from the Pase Beros into one Chatzer, that's a Rishush If they all join together, you can also carry in the Pase Beros. However, we say even in that case, you cannot carry in the Pase Beros. Because people won't realize that they made an Eruv based on the fact that there is a Pesach in between 
in the wall in between these two chatzers and they will come to the mistaken conclusion that they were able to make some kind of a shituf by way of the Pase Beiros, which is what allows them to carry in this Pase Beiros area. And that is 100% untrue and incorrect. And therefore, out of concern of the fact that people may draw the wrong conclusions and think that you can make an Eruv by means of this Pase Beiros to join together, we don't want people to get the wrong idea. And therefore, you, therefore, even if they made an Eruv between the two Chatzers, by way of that Pesach in between, they would still be unable to carry in the Pase Beiros. Rava Ama Ervu Mutter. Whereas Rava says, forget about it. No, if they make an Eruv, it's fine. Meaning, assuming that there was a Pesach in between the two, uh, in, you know, in between the two chatzeres, and they made an eruv chatzeres, and now it's all considered one rishus ayachid, so then they can carry between the rishus ayachid and the pase beros. What's the big deal? Now, Abayi says to Rava, "Very cool, Rava. I can actually bring you a brisa that supports you, which is very interesting to me because you know, in the past, I think that when we've seen." Abaye say to Rava that we have a brisa that supports you. Often I think the gears has been changed to Rabba because Abaye's teacher was Rabba, whereas the, his colleague who he frequently argues with is Rava. So I think it often changes the text to Rabba because it makes more sense that his teacher is saying something and then he's bringing a support for his teacher. Whereas the person who's always arguing with, I mean, nothing against him, but I guess it makes not as much sense that it would be bringing supports for people, for somebody who was arguing with. But in this case, Davka, nobody changes the text. So, okay, Seder. So Rava said that as long as, um, there is an Erev, then you can carry in the, um, Pase Beiros. So Abai says to Rava, I can even bring you a, uh, proof from Abraisa. Chotzer. Shirosha echa nichnas levena pasen. Okay, so if you have a chotzer that opens up into the pasen beiros, muter the talto mitoch levena pasen. You can you can carry from the chotzer into the pasen beiros, mivena pasen the socha, and from the pasen beiros into this chotzer, no problem. From one rishus ayachid to another. Avol shtayim aser, but if you have two chotzers that open up into the pasen beiros, then you cannot carry between the Pasi Beiros and these Chatzers. But But wait, when do we say this? Shalo Ervu. Aval Ervu Mutarin. That is only if they didn't make an Eruv. But if they made an Eruv, so then you would be allowed to carry between them, just like Rava said. So one second, then this sounds like pretty, you know, game over for Avuna. We have a Brysa right now that's saying that if you have these two Chatzers that make an Eruv, you can carry between the Chatzers and the Pasi Beiros. How could Rav Huna say that you're not allowed to? So Amalek Rav Huna, Hasam Dehadron Ve'ervon. So Rav Huna says, no, don't ask me kashas from that b'risa. That b'risa, the reason why they're allowed to carry from the Chatzers into the Pasi Beiros and vice versa is, what does it say? Dehadron Ve'ervon. So Ervon doesn't mean an Erev over there. It means that the two Chatzers kind of join together at the opening. And for that reason, it's clear that the reason why you're allowed to carry in the Pasiberos is because of the Erev. If you look at, um, um, if you look at the diagram on 28.2, there's only one diagram over there, you can kind of see what this means, right? That, that by the entrance of this Chatzer, there is shared space between, there's a Pesach between the two Chatzeros, right? I mean, you can see that there's gap between the opening to this chatzer, as well as where the divider between the two different chatzers um, begins. And that, and they're joined, and the two chatzeros kind of merge together over there. And it's on account of that Pesach, which is what it makes it clear, because it's right by the opening, that the reason why the people from these um, chatzeros are able to carry in the um, Pase Beiros is because they must have made an Eruv, and that's why they're allowed to carry. But if they would not have made an Eruv, then, 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 then they would not be allowed to carry and you wouldn't be able to create some kind of like a shituf by way of the paseberos. No way, right? When there is, um, when, when the two chatzers kind of join together, have a pesach right at the opening. So then it makes it clear that the reason why they're allowed to carry is because they must have made an eruve chatzeros, which is what enables them to carry. However, Rufuna would say that if that Pesach did not exist between the two chatzers immediately at the, at the opening. Well, then you would not be able to 
uh, carry between them out of concern that people might make the mistake and say that the, what is enabling them to carry is some kind of a shituf that they made by way of the Pase Beiraos. Okay, very nice. Now, Abai asked one final question to his teacher, Rabba. What happens if you have a bore, a watering hole, and the water dries out on Shabbos? So Rabbi said, well, the Pasibiros is only effective on account of the water that's in the watering hole, right? If the watering hole were to dry out, so then the Pasibiros become irrelevant. If there's no longer any water, when there's, then there's no longer any wall. Okay, and you can no longer carry in this Pasibiros area if the uh, water dries up. By Ravin, Ravin Astakasha, What happens if on the same, on the same day, on the same Shabbos, the water in the watering hole dried up, but then it rained, and now there's water again? So, do we say that the walls essentially come back? And now you can carry once again after the rain. Amalei Abaye. So Abaye said to Rav, So, when it comes to water drying up, when it comes to the watering hole completely drying up on Shabbos, well, obviously then you will not be allowed to carry anymore in these Pasei Beiros, because Abai says, look, I asked Rabba, and he said that it's going to be usur because since there's no more water, there's no more walls. But unami loti However, also when it rains afterwards, and now there's water once again in the watering hole, there's also nothing to ask about. That would certainly be permitted. because then these are essentially walls that were built that were constructed on Shabbos. Vitanya. We learn in the Brisa, "Kol mechitza asuya b'Shabbos." That whenever you have a wall that was constructed on Shabbos, bein b'shogeg, bein b'mezet, bein b'onus, bein b'ratzon, however it was created, whether on purpose, whether by accident, shmot mechitza, it is nonetheless considered a mechitza, and therefore says Abai, all good. If it, if the watering hole dries up, okay, so you can't carry there anymore because you don't have mechitzas. But if it rains and now the water, now there's water once again, and then those mechitzas become significant because they are surrounding the water. So, they're basically considered like mechitzas that were constructed on Shabbos, and that's fine. It's considered a mechitza, and you can carry there again. But one second, about these mechitzas that are constructed on Shabbos, whether b'shogeg, whether b'mezid, didn't Rav Nachman say that they're only considered a proper mechitza mida oraisa, that if you take something and you throw it into this area, where you constructed walls on Shabbos, you'd be chayv akorban chatas, but you nonetheless midr abundant, you wouldn't be allowed to carry there. So how come Abai is saying that when it rains again, and now there's water there, then the mechitzas are reinstated, and you can carry there once again? But Rav Nachman said that you're not allowed to carry in these areas where walls were constructed on Shabbos. When Rav Nachman says you're not allowed to carry in these areas, it's talking about when you constructed them on purpose. Here you didn't construct anything on purpose, it just rained again. And now there's water, and then Mimela, the, 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 the pasta barrels become significant again. So in that case, you would be allowed to carry. Amr Belazar, Hazorik Levain Pase Abiraos, somebody who throws Epis into the Pase Abiraos, Chayev, he's Chayev a Korban Chatas, Pshita, obviously. Ilab Mechitzai, Hechi Mishdri Le Lemalos. If not, if, if the Pase Abiraos was not a proper Mechitza, was not a proper Rishus Ayachid, then how would you be able to take um, water out of the well and, and, and bring it out to the area around the well. Meaning, the fact that you're allowed to take water out of the well and put it in this Pasibiros area clearly means that it's a Rishus Ayachid. And if it's a Rishus Ayachid, then of course you're going to be high for throwing into there from Rishus Arabim. So, Lotzricha the Ovid Kain Pasibiros, Bishus Arabim, Vizarak Lesocha Chayev. No, so what, is, what, what Rebbe Lazar is saying is that even if there's no well over there, Kilu, you take just four L-shaped corners, and you construct this Pasebeiros area, but the interesting thing is that there's actually no well over there. And what Rebelezer is saying is that even so, I mean, we've been saying up until now that, that the walls are only significant on account of the water, but Rebelezer is saying that even in this case where there is no well and there is no water, 
Still, if you throw something into there, you're going to be chayav a korban chatas. Hanami pshita. So the Gemara says this is also obvious. He loved the ba'ama mechitzi kabe bore echi mystery le the Very interesting. So Rabbi Lazar is. So the Gemara wants to say this is also obvious that even if you construct pasi beros where there's no well, you'll still at least be chayav if you throw something into there because it's still considered rishus hayachit. And the Gemara says that that's obvious because if this would not be considered a Rosh Hashayachid, if constructing these four Diomdin, where there's no well, would not be considered a Rosh Hashayachid, well then how come when there is a well, all of a sudden it is considered a Rosh Hashayachid? It must be that, you know, it's, it's still considered a Rosh Hashayachid, even if there's no well there, just that you can't carry in it, right? It's not considered significant for carrying unless there's a well over there. So Umar says, no, the Kiddush is that even though the Rishus Arabim passes through these Pasei Beiros, still it's considered Rishus Ayachid and you're going to be chai for throwing into there. Umay Kamash Malan, to the Asu Rabim, Vatalim Echitzta. So Umar says, yeah, but what's the Kiddush? That the Rishus Arabim doesn't have any effect on the walls of the Pasei Beiros. Ha'amr Belazar Chadazim Nur Belazar already said this. As we learn in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, if you had Rishus Arabim passing through this Pasei Beiros, Yisal Kenelet divert the Rishus Arabim so that it doesn't pass through the Pasei Beiros anymore, so that it doesn't ruin the Pasei Beiros. Whereas the Chacham say, no, don't, it doesn't make any difference because the Rishus Arabim is not going to be Muvatel the Pasei Beiros. Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lazar Dami Tavayu and Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Lazar say that you see from here how strong these mechitzes of the Pasei Beiros are. That even if Rishus Arabim is going through, passing through them, it doesn't mess it up. Um, fine. So, what do we see? So we see that Rabbi Lazar, we already know that Rabbi Lazar holds that if, even if Rishus Arabim passes through Pasei Beiros, it's still considered Rishus Ayachid. So what's the Chiddush by Rabbi Lazar saying over here that if you throw something into Pasei Beiros, that a Rishus Arabim is passing through, then you're going to be chayv. We know this already. So if we only had the case where the Chacham said that, that, that you don't need to divert Rishus Arabim, and Rabbi Yochum and Rabbi Lazar said that you see from here how strong the walls of, of, of the Pasei Beiros are according to the Chachamim. But maybe he's just explaining the Chachamim's opinion, but maybe he disagrees. Maybe he doesn't agree with the Chachamim. Kamash Malan Khan Usvirle. So that is why we have Rabbi Lazar say over here from himself that his own opinion is that if you take some, if you take something and throw it into a pasi beiros that has a rishus arabim going through it, you're nonetheless going to be chayv. We see that he also agrees with that opinion that um, even if rishus arabim is passing through the pasi beiros, it's still considered rishus ayachid. So why don't we, ju- you know, so so, but still, why do we need both cases? I Meaning, just have Rabbi, Ali- Rabbi Elazar's opinion, Rabbi. Be Elazar's opinion, where he says that if you take something and throw it into this Pasei Beros, where there's Rishus Arabim going through it, you're still going to be chayv. And I see that that's his opinion. Why do I need him also to comment on the Chachamim? So the my answer is one was actually implied by the other. Meaning, all Rabbi Elazar said was that if you take a Rishus uh, whoa, if you take a, a, an object and throw it from Rishus Arabim into this Pasei Beros area that has a, a, a Rishus Arabim passing through it, you're going to be chayv. That's all he said. And then, and then his students, in sort of applying his opinion to another case, says that they, they said that, look, Rabbi Lazar would also say, in the case of the Chachamim, where there's Machlok's Chacham Rabbi Yehuda about the Rishus Arabim passing through the Pasebiros, Rabbi Lazar would be on the side with the Chachamim and say that it would still be considered a Rishus Ayachid. Alright, fine. Alright, Chebra. So now this next part of the Gemara explores the sugya of Rosh Ovarubo, right? We had said in our Mishnah that, um, the Pase Beiros needs to have a minimum size that the head and the majority of the body of a cow can, uh, get in there to drink, okay? We're going to explore exactly in what context this is. 
So the Mishnah had said exactly this, that Pase barrels could be a minimum size that the head and most of the body of the cow can get in. Tnan Hasum, we learned over there, I believe towards the end of Mesechta Erevin. A person should not stand in Rishus Arabim and drink in Rishus Ayachid, right? So let's say, I don't know, so, let, so let's say uh, you have a, 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 a well in Rishus Arabim and there's no Pase Beros around it, let's say. So the well is a Rishus Ayachid. So I guess maybe you could uh, take a cup, stick it into the well, and then stick your head and most of your body over the well and then drink, and you're a kilo just drinking Rishus Ayachid, right? Right, right? Meaning you it would only be allowed if you did that. If you put your head and most of your body into the place where you are drinking. Right? But don't stand in Rishus Arabim and drink, you know, with your head over Rishus Ayachid if it's not most of your body there as well. And the same thing also, you shouldn't um, be standing in Rishus Ayachid and be drinking with your head in Rishus Arabim. You know, you have to have your head and most of your body in the Rishus that you are drinking in. So again, Tananasim, we learned over there. Lo yamur adam b'shus harabim. Person shouldn't stand b'shus harabim. V'yishter b'shus hayachid and drink b'shus hayachid. B'shus hayachid v'yishter b'shus harabim. Shouldn't be standing b'shus hayachid and drink b'shus harabim. Elam kain machnes roshu rubal makom shushosa. Unless he puts his head and most of his body in the same place where in the same domain that he's drinking in. V'chein begas. And we say a similar thing when it comes to a wine press. We learned this on the Afyudal from Masechta Shabbos that. Um, when it comes to creating wine, it's only going to be chayev in truma and meiser once it is um, properly processed. When it is still in the wine press, it's not yet considered completely processed. And during that point, you um, you would it wouldn't yet be chayev in truma and meiser, and you'd theoretically be able to drink it. However, the chacham said that the only time, the only way that you can drink wine or really any food that isn't finished being processed is if you eat it. In, in a rye, in a temporary kind of way. And the definition of, of a rye in this case of the wine press is that it would have to be in the wine press. Once you take, if you take a cup of this juice and you would fill it up and you would fill up the cup and then take it out from the wine press, then you wouldn't, that would be kavua already. That would be keva. You wouldn't be able to drink it anymore. The only way you'd be able to drink it is if you were mamish in the wine press. And we're saying that if you kind of stick your head and most of your body over the wine press and drink this juice, then that would still be considered a rye. So it's basically the same thing as like Rosh Hashayach and Rosh Hashayach. is the same thing in terms of being considered um, over the wine press when you're drinking this um, juice. Okay, that hasn't yet been separated from and Meiser. Now, friends, you ready? Good. Okay, so we've said that when it comes to a human who's standing with Shasayachid and, you know, and drinking with Shasarabim or vice versa or a wine press, you need to have your head in most of your body in order to be able to, to, to drink in that Rishos. Fine. Kabepara but when it comes to a cow, rosha vruba olo. When it comes to a cow, do we need its head and most of its body or not? So now the Gemara says, "Call heicha de kanakit mana velo nakit la." So if the human is carrying, is holding on to the container or the bucket that the cow is going to be drinking water from. Vilo and he's not holding the head of the cow, i.e. the head of the cow is free. And the fellow is holding the bucket. Loti So then certainly you're gonna to have to have the head and the majority of the body of the cow inside of the Pase Beiros. Because we're concerned that what happens if the cow moves its head and then you go chase after the cow with your bucket. So you have to make sure that there's enough room that you're certainly not going to end up carrying the bucket outside of the Pase Beiros. So we say that if you're holding the bucket but not holding onto the cow, then make sure that there's at least Rosh of Rubo of the cow so that even if the cow moves its head, you won't end up taking the bucket outside of the Pase Beiros. But where the question is, is a What if you're holding, what if you, what if this guy is holding the bucket and also holding onto the head of the cow? My, do we need Rosh of Rubo? Or maybe in this case, we can get away with less. Everybody clear on the question? The question is that in a situation of when the fellow is holding the bucket 
but not holding on to the cow, then you certainly, then not holding on to the head of the cow, then you certainly need Rosho Virubo to make sure that he's not going to end up carrying the bucket outside of the Pasebiros. The question is, when he's holding the bucket and holding the head of the cow, maybe in that case, you don't need Rosho Virubo. You can get away with less. Since he's, since he's holding on to the cow, he's not concerned, we're not concerned that the cow is going to move its head. So he said to him, you learned it in our Mishnah. I don't know who is talking to who over here, but the Gemara basically says, look, we learned in our Mishnah. Well, our Mishnah said that a cow needs to have its head and most of its body in the Pasebiros in order to be able to drink. So my love, the naked love, the naked mana. So let's assume that that's talking about where you're holding on to the bucket and you're also holding on to the cow's head. And still we're saying that it needs Rosho Virubo. So there's your answer. Lo, there is not our answer. I'll argue that our mission is talking about where he's holding on to the bucket, but he's not holding on to the head of the cow. And that is why you need Rosho Virubo. But maybe if he was holding on to the bucket and holding on to the cow's head, Maybe you wouldn't need Rosh Hashanah, you can get away with less than that. Then the Gemara says, But if he's holding the bucket and not holding on to the cow's head, is it actually permitted whatsoever? But we learn in Abraisa, A person shouldn't fill up a bucket with water on Shabbos, and then, you know, give the animal to drink from this bucket. Kilu, holding on to the bucket, but not holding on to the animal. What he can do is he can fill up the bucket and pour it into some kind of drinking trough, and then the animal could drink on its own. And what the Gemara wants to assume from there is that you're actually not allowed whatsoever to have the situation where this person is holding the bucket, but not holding on to the cow at all. And therefore, our Mishnah must be talking about where the fellow is holding on to the bucket and the cow, and the head of the cow, and we're saying that you need Rosho Virubo. Okay. But now, the Gemara is going to throw that away and say, no, this price is talking about something specific. Do not bring it as a proof to say that a situation where the fellow is holding the bucket but not the cow is impossible. No, do not say that it's impossible. This Brisa is talking about something specific, and we can argue that our Mishnah is in fact talking about where this fellow is holding onto the bucket, but not holding onto the head of the cow. And we're saying that it requires Rosh Rubo, and we don't know what the halacha would be if he's holding onto the bucket and holding onto the cow's head. Maybe we could have less than less of it of an area. Maybe it could be less than. Rosh Rubo, since he's holding on to the head of the cow. And friends, we're not going to answer this question. But what we are going to do is we're going to explain why this Brisa is actually talking about something else, something else that is somewhat convoluted, something else that we're about to jump into right now. Ha'it Allah, it was stated about that Brisa that when we say that you shouldn't hold on to the bucket of uh, to the bucket while giving the cow to drink, it's talking about the following situation. Amar Abaye said Abaye So this is talking about a trough, a feeding trough that is in Rishus Um You know what? Maybe we should probably diagram this. Alright, let's diagram it. So this diagram is on 20B2 and you can kind of see there. So you have the cow and it's in the barn, okay? So the cow is in this Rishusa Yachid, okay? And the cow is in the barn. Now from the barn, there's like this feeding trough. Now this feeding trough is 10 Tfachim tall and 4 by 4 Tfachim wide. So it's actually Rishusa Yachid, okay? Now this feeding trough then goes into this Pase Beiros area. Now the Pase Beiros is also a Rishusa Yachid, okay? So... Basically, what this fellow wants to do is he wants to give... Now, in between the Pase Beiros and the barn, there's like a little bit of Rishus HaRabim area, which is important, okay? So you have the cows in the barn. The barns are Rishus Yachid, 
Okay, now in between the barn and the Pase Beiraos area, there's like a little bit of Rosh Hashanah. Okay, now the thing is that there's this feeding trough that is like right outside the window of the barn, right? And it is 10 Tvachim tall and 4 Tvachim by 4 Tvachim wide, so it's its own Rosh Hashanah. So basically, you know, by way of this feeding trough, you kind of have like a continuous Rosh Hashanah right going from the window in the barn into the possible rows so as long as you kind of like stay within this feeding trough kind of area so then you're staying in Rosh but if you go outside into this Rosh well then you're in Rosh so it kind of creates a kind of finicky situation so what this fellow wants to do is he wants to fill up water from the uh, well that's inside the possible rows and now the water's in his bucket and what he's going to do is he's going to hold the bucket over the feeding trough, which is a Rishus Hayachid, right? So he's filling up the water from the well, which is a Rishus Hayachid, bringing it out to the Pase Beiros, which is a Rishus Hayachid, and then he's going to hold it over this feeding trough, which is a Rishus Hayachid, and he's going to very carefully now walk over to where the cow is. Now, by doing that, he's going to have to pass the Rishus Harabim, which is okay, because the bucket is still over the feeding trough, which is a Rishus Hayachid. Then he's going to let the cow drink. So, Me'ikar Adin, he's really, that, that's really fine. But we're concerned that maybe it could lead to a problem. Great. So let us read this again. So, Hayit Marla, it was stated about it. Amr Abai, Hacha Be'evo Sa'omid Here we're talking about a trough that's in Rishus i.e. it's outside of the window of the barn, and it's in Rishus Arabim. Kavoa Yudfachim Ve'rochav Dalad. And it's ten Tvachim tall, and it's four Tvachim wide. Now, one end of it, however, goes into the Pase So now, as I described, you could really take the water from the well and get it all the way over to the cow without doing anything wrong. But we're concerned that maybe once he gets to the other end of the trough where the cow's head is, maybe he'll notice that, there is, uh, that the trough has some kind of um, problem with it. That it's broken somewhat. sakune, and he's gonna go fix the trough. And what's he gonna do to go fix the trough? Vidarale lidavala baade. He's gonna put down the bucket in the Rishusarabim. So now already it became a problem. He was being so careful to make sure that he kept his bucket in the Rishusayakh the entire time, but then he saw that there was a problem with the trough and he ended up putting down the bucket in Rishusarabim so he could fix the trough, and then he just Carried from Rishusayachet to Rishusarabim. That is the problem in that case. But then the Gemara says, one second. But would you be chayiv in such a case? That somebody who's moving around some items from one corner of Rishusayachet to another corner of Rishusayachet, and then he kind of changed his mind and he took him out to Rishusarabim. Because initially, when he picked up these items, he wasn't intending to bring them out to Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, since that wasn't his uh, intention, he's going to be potter. So if that's the case, so, so even in our case over here, with all of our um, interesting situations like Pase Beiros and wells and troughs that are Rosh Hashanah and cows and barns and buckets and issues and all that stuff. The fact of the matter is, he shouldn't be chayav when he puts the bucket in the rishus harabim, since it wasn't his intention the entire time was to keep it in the rishus hayachid. So the zimun de masakin le vahadu So the gemara says, yeah, but there's one more step to this: is that after he fixes the trough, he's then going to take the bucket and put it back into the trough, and the bucket was in rishus harabim. And he's going to bring it into Rishus Hayachid. In that case, he actually intended to bring it, even if, if by mistake, he did intend to bring this um, bucket from Rishus Rabbim to Rishus Hayachid. Become Ayel Rishus Rabbim to Rishus Hayachid. That's going to be a problem. Wawawiwa. Basically, what just happened in the Gemara? The Gemara said, basically, don't bring a proof from this convoluted case because it's a convoluted case. Okay. Initially, we wanted to say that what this case is teaching is that you would be unable to hold a bucket while you're feeding your animal. The Gemara says, no, 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 let's not even go there. This case is talking about a mess where there was a well and a pasibiros and a rishusayachid trough and a cow and a barn and this guy was trying to be fancy. Don't, just, just don't go there, okay? But it's certainly not a proof 
to say that you're not allowed to hold a bucket and feed your animal. And therefore, if it's not a proof, then going back to our original question, I could argue that when I'm holding a bucket, I'm allowed to hold a bucket and feed my animal, even if I'm not holding onto the animal's head. And that's what our Mishnah is talking about. When it says that you need Rosh Hashanah, it's talking about when you're holding the bucket but not holding onto the animal. What about when you're holding the bucket and holding the animal? Do you still need Rosh Hashanah? Maybe you don't need as much. And the Gemara doesn't answer it. The Gemara does not answer it. Instead, it decides to ask the same question again, but slightly different. Okay, Chaber, are you ready for the Gemara's new question? So let's review. The first question was that when you're holding the bucket, but not the animal's head, then certainly you need Rosh Hashanah. We wanted to know if you're holding the bucket and the animal's head, maybe you don't quite need that much. Maybe you can get away with less than Rosh Hashanah. Now, listen to what the Gemara says. There are those who ask the question in the following way. By a person, we said that it works. It's enough if he has Rosh Hashanah in the Rishus where he is drinking. When it comes to a cow, Having Rosh Hashanah, does that even work? Is that even an option? Does it make a difference? Or maybe it's just never possible to have a cow in one Rishus and drinking in another Rishus. So now the Gemara says, well, if the fellow is holding the bucket and also holding the head of the cow, well then, well then certainly if it's Rosha Viruba in the Paseberos, that would be completely fine. But what about if this fellow is holding on to the bucket, but not holding on Sirens. But what, 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 what if the bucket is holding on to, what, what, what if the fellow is holding on to the bucket, but not holding on to the, um, cow's head? If you have Rosh of Ruba, does that even make a difference? Would that make it acceptable to give your cow to drink in this way? So the Gemara says, look, you already know the answer from our Mishnah. That our Mishnah says, look, the head and the most and most of the body of the animal needs to of the cow needs to be inside of the pasibiros and drink. So my love the naked man of the low naked law. So let's say that the Mishnah is talking about when you're holding on to the bucket but not holding on to the head of the cow, and we're saying that Rosh Rubo does work there. So low the naked man of the naked law. No, I rather let's say that our Mishnah is talking about where you're holding on to the bucket and holding on to the head of the cow, and that is why. Um, Rosh of Rubo is sufficient, but if you're holding on to the bucket, but not holding on to the, not holding on to the head of the cow, maybe then Rosh of Rubo would not work. And you still wouldn't be able to give the cow to drink. This taka makes sense. Because if he was just holding on to the bucket, but not holding on to the head of the cow, would that be permitted? We have this convoluted adam Mayim. Don't fill up your bucket with water and, and, and then give it to your animal to drink. You can fill it up and pour it out and then let the animal drink on its own. But you would be unable to hold the bucket and let the animal drink. But one second, but one second, it was said that that was, ended up being a completely convoluted brysa. What makes it convoluted? Friends, we're just going to go over the same thing, so don't get nervous. If you, if you understood it the first time, um, then it's the same exact thing this time. So, so here it's talking about a, a trough that's in Rosh Hashanah Rabim, that it's 10 Tvachim tall and 4 by 4 Tvachim wide, and one end opens up into the Paseberos, uh, um, um, the Zimnin, the Chazle, the Evos, the Mekalkel, and he's going to want to do this fancy thing where he takes the bucket and makes sure to hold it over the Rishus Hayachir, i.e. over the, 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 this trough, and then he's going to realize that the trough is broken, Vasi, um, the Takune, and he's going to go fix the trough, 
and then he's going to put down the um, bucket in Rishus Harabim. And then the Gemara says, "Yeah, but would you be chayiv if you intended to keep Rishus Hayachid and accidentally took it to Rishus Harabim?" Rav Safar, Rav Biyami, Rav Yochanan, same exact thing as before. That if you're moving your stuff from one corner of Rishus Hayachid to another corner and you accidentally took it out to Rishus Harabim, can be potter. That that wasn't his initial intention. But rather, no, but what happens after he fixes it, then he's going to take the bucket from Rishus Aram to Rishus Yachid. It's going to be a problem. Whatever it is, that, that Bryce is talking about its, its own thing. But don't bring it as a proof to say that you'd be unable to hold your bucket while the animal is drinking and you're not holding on to the animal's head. It has no implication for that. Um, therefore, what did we want to say? We were trying to figure out if the uh, if you have if you're holding the bucket and not holding onto the uh, onto the cow's head, would um, Rosh of Rubo be enough room to make that permitted? We tried to say from the Mishnah that maybe yes, then we said maybe no, but it, 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 it's inconclusive. It's inconclusive, and we kind of see it both ways. Meaning, the first time we were saying that you know when you're holding the bucket but not holding on to the cow's head certainly it works with Rosh of Rubo we just thought that maybe if you're holding on to both then maybe it works with less than that then we say that no maybe you dafka need Rosh of Rubo when you're holding on to both but if you're not holding on if you're not holding on to the cow's head then maybe Rosh of Rubo isn't even enough what do you want me to tell you people what what, what do you want me to tell you the Gemara is inconclusive I don't know make uh, figure hold, hold on to both of them friends how about this hold on to the bucket Hold on to the cow's head, make a shidduch darin, and let and let the cow drink from the water. Give to give rosh of rubo, and so like this, you don't have to worry about the headaches. Says the Gemara Tashma. So if you have a camel, and the camel, its head and most of its body is inside, okay, ovsin osu mibefnim. So then you can force feed it, as we learned at the end of Mesech Shabbos, while you are inside. So even though it is outside, but as long as its head and most of it and most of its body is inside, you can force feed it before going out on a long journey. Now, when you're um, sorry, ibus. So when you are force feeding this uh, this uh, uh, camel, so that's. Basically, essentially, where you're holding on to the bucket of food and you're also holding on to the camel's head because you have to hold on to the camel's head in order to force feed it. And we're saying that Davka is Rosh of Rubo. So what do we see? We see that even when you're holding on to the bucket and holding on to the head, you're going to need Rosh of Rubo. Basically, there was an attempt to answer the first question. Right, The first way that we asked it is that certainly when you're holding on to the bucket but not the head, you need Rosh of Rubo. What about if you're holding on to both? Do you still need Rosh Veruba? So we're trying to prove from here that yes, even when you're holding on to both, you still need Rosh Veruba. Amr of Achabar, Rav Huna, Amr of Sheshes, Shiny Gamal, Hovit Savari Aruch. But it says of Achabar, Rav Huna, the name of Sheshes, that you actually can't bring a proof from a camel to a cow because a camel has a very long neck. And therefore, there's a real concern that unless you have Rosh Veruba, so then it can move its head and you're going to chase after it and carry it to Rosh Hashanah. However, a cow that its neck is not as long, um, maybe Rosh Hashanah, maybe, unne- maybe Rosh Hashanah is unnecessary um, if you're holding on to the head. Okay. Tashma behema Rosh Hashanah bifnim. Ovsin osami bifnim. One second, we have a bright that says that an animal, just a regular, regular, regular old animal that... Um, its majority of its body, that its head and most of its body is inside. Then you can force feed it from inside. And we see that force, right? And force feeding is you're basically holding on to the food and holding on to the head. And we're saying that and it doesn't say anything about a camel. So my No, when it says behema over here, it means camel. What do you mean it's talking about a camel? One Bryce said camel, one, one Bryce said animal. Doesn't it sound like one means camel, one means any other animal. So midi gabi tanya. So the Gemara says, yeah, but it's not like they were taught right next to each other. If, if mamish, they were like taught right one right after the other, and one of them says canam, camel, and one of them says behema, then obviously they're different. But over here, there were two separate brises. One of them says camel, one of, one of them says behema, but they but they could both be referring to camels. Um, 
They could both be referring to camels. Tanan Amiyachi, we also learn a brace like this. Rabbi Eliezer Oser Begama Hovitz of Aruch. That Rabbi Eliezer Zafka says that, that, um, you know, um, I don't know, by a camel would be Oser, I guess what? Like even if it's Rosh of Ruba, I don't know. But Rabbi Eliezer says that it's also Davka by a uh, camel because it has such a long neck. I.e. camels are different in that they have long necks, but you can't necessarily bring conclusions for other animals from a camel. Um, but maybe other camels are different. Uh, wow, that was Davchaf. It was amazing, right? I know, I know, I know. Okay. Says, uh, says my notes. Let's review. Rewind to the beginning. We started off talking about chatzers that open up to, into pasibiros. We said that if it's one chatzer that opens up into the pasibiros, it's mutter because it's from one rishusiyachid to another rishusiyachid and it's not like they're owned by two separate people, so that would be fine. However, if there are two chatzers, now we get to machlokas Rava and Rafuna. So Rafuna says that even if you do an eruv between the two chatzers, there was a pesach between the two chatzers and they made an eruv chatzeros, so it's really all, all one domain, still you can't carry to the, um, uh, because we're concerned that people might make a mistake and think that the reason why you're allowed to carry is because there's some kind of shituf going on by using this shared pasibiros area, but that's not the case, and we don't want people making mistakes. Therefore, Afuna says that you cannot carry in the pasibiros when there are two chatzers that open up into it. Rava says, look, as long as they made neiruvi chatzeros, that's fine. It's all one domain. They, it goes into the pasibiros. You can carry between it. We talked about a watering hole that dries up, right? So we said that it's Osir because the whole point of, um, the reason why Pasibiros is effective is only because on account of the water. If the water dries up, right? My main kan mechitzas ain't kan, said Rabbah. If we don't have, if we don't have water here, then, then our mechitzas are, 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 lose their strength. However, if it, if it rains and fills up again, so then it would be acceptable since mechitzas that are built on Shabbos are nonetheless mechitzas. We talked about Pasibiros where Rishus Aravim passes through it. Rabbi says you have to divert the Rishus so that it does not pass through the Pasibiros, because that would be a problem for the Pasibiros. The Chacham say that no, the walls are, the walls of the Pasibiros are very strong, and you don't need to divert the, um, Rishus away. Now, we got into this very, uh, complex sugya of, technical sugya of Rosh of Rubo of a cow. So the first way that we thought to ask the question was that certainly you need Rosh of Rubo when you're holding the Kli, but not holding the cow. But what about if you're holding the, 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 the bucket and the cow, maybe then you don't need Rosh Rubo. And that was inconclusive. And then we said, the, we kind of took the same question from a different perspective, which was certainly when you're holding the bucket and the cow, you need a Rosh Rubo. What about if you're holding the bucket but not the cow, you know, is Rosh Rubo even effective? And the, the, we, we didn't come to any uh, real conclusion over there. Really just a more, more of confusion, not conclusion. Anyways, have a great day or night. Peace out.